0: Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we are going to be talking this week about Season 1, Episode 3 of Battlestar Galactica, Bastille Day, or Bastille Day.
1: Is it Bastille? How do you pronounce it?
0: I've been watching a show, and that is how they pronounce it on there. But they are British people speaking French, so I don't know if it's right or not. That won't work. But Bastille the Parisian prison of Parisian. note
1: <laughs> so is it inside the, the the actual city of Paris
0: I don't know uh, it is the Parisian prison, like it's the right. prison where Paris put the like I don't know if Versailles is in Paris or just like adjacent to it, yeah, I don't the know Vatican my Paris facts. European
1: cities were very unsophisticated here's what I know uh-huh.
0: The Vatican City is inside of Rome. It's it's a bubble of inside of itself. It's a, bubble it's a city within a, a city, and like <laughs> Piedmont, California, and also Campbell, California. Those are both cities totally within other cities.
1: Uh, the Comparison's blasphemous, but...
0: Well, yeah, and pathetic, sad, <laughs> sad, <laughs> really.
1: Although, to people from Piedmont, California... To be fair,
0: yeah, that's they, closer. I love
1: their comparison. That, yeah,
0: and, and monetarily-wise, it's closer than Campbell, right. I think. No offense, Campbell, California. You're lovely, I'm sure. It's inside of San Jose. Piedmont's inside of Oakland, and its property values hovered around a cool... $7 million right. median, maybe? It's crazy. Yeah. So, hello. Welcome back. Happy post Super Bowl, post State of the Union. Happy Chinese New Year. That's what we'll do. Ha- or Lunar New Year. Because right. it's not it's just the Chinese. the year
1: of the pig, right?
0: It is the year, year of, the pig. of the
1: pig. Delicious year. Nom, nom, nom. Delicious year is coming up. Now, why don't you share with us? How your weekend went?
0: Oh, terribly! My weekend went terribly.
1: Your weekend of high adventure.
0: I went to Reno by myself. Mm -hmm. There was a blizzard. Terrible friend. No, it's not. That's not why. And you were much needed here, and it is good that you did not go. There was a blizzard, so my departure back moved from Sunday to Monday Uh to Tuesday. And I got back finally, actually, Wednesday, so we're recording this late. You're Mm -hmm. lucky to get it, people, because I'm still getting this out on time, even though I was fighting snow chains a mere ten hours ago. Yeah, that's about right. (laughs) Nine hours ago. So I um, had a bout of food poisoning, Mm -hmm. uh, and I... Stayed two nights in a very overpriced hotel, but it's the only place I could physically get to because snow. I drive a Honda Fit and it is not equipped for the winter because I live in Oakland, California. So I made poor choices and it went very badly. So I am glad to be home and talking about Battlestar Galactica, which I almost called something totally different, Deep Space Buck Nine. Of the I 20th think. Century? No, no. <laughs> not
1: that far back. I don't no. think you can remember it. So, do you
0: want to talk about the episode? So I wanted. Well, to how was your week?
1: My weekend was um, staying home and working and finishing the draft of my novelette, um, and the entire time worrying if you were going to make it out alive, which I was seriously concerned about. So, at one point. You were stranded and you were showing me pictures of carrion being eaten outside of your window.
0: Oh yeah, that was the, that's That's probably the coolest part of my weekend. (laughs) For whatever reason, in the hotel, the first hotel room that I was in, I was on the casino level floor, which is one floor up. So there was a roof outside my window uh, and there was a falcon or a hawk of some sort that was, had made this roof its dining room. And so every morning I opened it up and it was devouring something. By the time I saw it, it was no longer a recognizable something. The first day it was just, it looked like it had eaten a feather pillow. Right. It, like there was just feathers all over and no carcass of any sort? It was just... Was it coughing up the feathers? Or was it just... No, no, you know, no, no. It had, it had removed... or I don't know if it was fastidious or not. Or, okay. or violent. I don't know. But uh, And then the next day, it came back with something much smaller. Uh, might have been a rodent of some sort. Okay. It wasn't as feathered. Was it a vole? I don't know. I would like to know what a vole is. I think isn't it like a pointy-nosed mouse?
1: Yeah. I don't... I think...
0: My favorite is marmot. Marmot. Marmot,
1: Marmot, which is a food Australians eat, right?
0: Yes. No. (laughs) Marmite, which also sounds like it should be an animal of some
1: sort. Of some kind. Okay. So now that we've understood what what we've done this week, and we survived. I survived. You survived. I did too. I went
0: directly to work today, too, like a champ. We will talk about Bastille Day. Bastille Day. Episode three. So... We find ourselves in need of water. We know where it is. Mm-hmm. We just can't get to it. Right. The liquid water on the moon that Boomer finally brought herself to uh, disclose in the last episode is uh, overly sulfuric, I think. But yeah, It has
1: to be distilled right.
0: The, but the ice doesn't. So, the plan is to break off blocks of ice, melt them down, and transport them to the ship. But do they have the manpower for that? No, No, they do not. But who does have the manpower for that? The prison ship. Didn't the prison ship have a silly name? Oh, yes, the Astral Queen. The Astral. I don't think the Astral Queen is a silly name. name. You're wrong. And. (laughs)
1: <laughs> astral queen sounds like a a song from the Abba song that got lost
0: somewhere you know what the astral queen is what oh i've forgotten her name the character from the insidious films
1: oh there we go what's her name uh,
0: i want to call her louise but no, that not is not louise, her name it's
1: a name that you know elise
0: elise yes elise from the insidious films she is the astral queen but she'd call herself the further queen.
1: The further, the further into what I call the further. I think she should get an award for expo- exposition delivered in a very serious undertone.
0: Oh man, that it's the exposition scene. I call
1: the further the
0: exposition scene in the first Insidious movie is mm-hmm. spectacular because really? it's a cool seven minutes long, <laughs> and it's like she's got a fucking PowerPoint on the occult.
1: Well, it's also. So what little exposition you get in this film?
0: Right, but um, it's all of it. It's right. all at once. And the shot is, we're just going to watch this old lady talk to us for a little while. Is everybody cool with that? Settle in. <laughs> like It's um, bonkers of uh, filmmaking. I like those movies. I'm not dissing those movies.
1: No, I really enjoyed them. The only one I didn't like was the one about the keys, which made no sense to me.
0: That was the fourth one. It was, was the la- most recent one. The
1: fourth one, but I, I think that, th- like, The Conjuring, what's his name? Uh, Patrick Patrick Wilson. Wilson. Who
0: I'm never going to not think of as the Homecoming King.
1: Right, the Homecoming King, which is crazy. It's like, oh, my God, that was the first place I saw him.
0: I think that might have been the first place I saw him, too. This is from the film Little Children, right. which is a very disturbing film. From the Insidious Astral Queen, Uh we go to the actual Astral Queen. Well, not yet. First, we have to have a fight. We have to have a fight between Captain Adama. Is it Captain Commander?
1: Commander Adama.
0: Commander Adama. Daddy Adama. We're not going to call him that ever again. And I apologize to everyone. And the President. Because that's how everything needs to start. With a fight between these two. And the fight is, we need these men to do this job, and they're not slaves. That's basically the gist of the That's two sides the, of the they're fight. They're
1: setting up the argument for the entire episode, which is, um, should these people be forced into labor, or should they be asked respectfully into labor, um... And be given some sort of chance at establishing freedom later on.
0: Right, which is interesting. So what we find out Mm -hmm. is, first of all, all of the men, because prison sentences work like this in this universe, Mm -hmm. have been uh, sentenced to hard labor. That is their sentence for however long, sentenced to hard labor. So conceivably, this is not outside of the well of whatever they are required to do or were expected to do before, you know their prison got exploded. Right. Because they're not aboard a prison. They're aboard a transport ship because they were going to see about being paroled. So these are also men who presumably are at the tail end
1: of their sentences. Of their
0: sentences. So that's an interesting twist to that, I think. Cause I'm if if you're a prison ship, you're made up of prisoners who are sentenced to hard labor, then Not utilizing that labor doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. But given that that is not the situation, this does make sense. Also, I would say, A, we've got a limited population. So if we can reform and release these people, we should do that so that they become members of our tiny society. Well, they do
1: believe, um, and they honestly Except for the ones that Adama has instilled with this hope, this blind faith that they're members of the human race out there deep in space. They do believe this is the end of the human race if they don't continue, Right. if they fail. Right. The so, pragmatic
0: view is mm-hmm. if we, this is it. Right. And so we have to figure it out. Um, which that's the view you kind of have to take with your decisions, uh-huh. because if you don't, and you're hanging all of your hopes on uh, Earth that might not exist, then the likelihood of survival is very low. Uh, You can be working towards, you know, continuing the human race and figuring out what's best for the current human race and be going towards this eventual home, but you can't just do the latter and not do the former and expect to survive. I think
1: this is an interesting question in this particular episode about um, ethics and ethics under pressure. Do we abandon all the rules when it's an emergency situation? And what Adama and the president are arguing is that kind of situation, and uh, Apollo is trying to get in the middle of it. In the
0: middle. He's very much the... Mediator. Mediator. But and he, that is his whole thing his whole with... And Don was
1: pointing out to him, you don't know what side you're on because you're trying to find validity in both sides of the argument. And there is maybe equal validity in both sides of this argument. Although
0: I would argue uh-huh. that without context, mm-hmm. there is not two sides to this argument. These mm-hmm. are men who were... Sentenced to do hard labor, and this is hard labor that needs to be done. So we can certainly credit them any way that they would normally be credited in our current prison system, but we could require them to do this because they are still under sentence. These are still convicts. But the fact that they are on a parole ship adds the context to it. How many people is it on the ship? I don't remember. 1,500 men.
1: 1,500 men are the last, uh, who are among the last of what they believe to be the last of the human race. Right. Also puts a different con- uh, different um, context, into, the, or puts the situation in a different context, rather.
0: Right. And also, I don't, th- I think that there is a way to coerce prisoners into doing work without making them slaves. Like I think that it's not a an all or nothing uh-huh. thing, which is of course what, what Apollo ends up put touting. Um so Apollo goes to talk to the people in charge of the ship, along with um Billy, who is the advisor, the the very young advisor to it seems like he's a little out of
1: his depth with this job. Of course he
0: is. He is an he's definitely an intern uh-huh. who is now the chief of staff because everyone else is dead. And uh he's going on behalf of the president and he suggests that Duala come with them because he has a crush on her, and because the uh, Captain Adama or Commander Adama has said someone from the ship needs to go. Right,
1: but he he wants to get her in this position not just because he's in love with her, also because I think he's seeking to promote her more into the the sphere that
0: he's that not they are her. all in. Maybe right. that might be true, but I think it's also, I mean. If I can get some FaceTime in, yeah, that's not going to hurt anybody. And it turns
1: out this is a really bad choice.
0: Yes, it is. And then also Callie goes. And Callie uh-huh. is our... She's my Firefly proxy for Kaylee. <laughs> so I didn't realize her name was Callie. So that's frustrating. Although I crazy. guess it'll be easy for me to remember. Maybe. So they... All head over to the Astral Queen, and Apollo makes this pr- proposal. And he basically, he's allowed to just say to all of the men, this is what we need. We'll give you credits to- that you can use towards freedom, basically. I don't know if it's, you know, get five and win. It's like a sandwich stamp at a, right. <laughs> at a store. And they, they this was bonkers to me. This was when I was like, who is running this thing? They open all of the cell doors... And are like, if you accept, step forward. Right. And I'm like, really? Just 15... Y'all know you are extraordinarily outmanned if something goes down, but okay. And I guess it's... The idea is we're going to extend respect and they will reciprocate or understand that they, you know, we're not keeping all the power, but... If you've deprived somebody or several, thousands of somebodies all of their power and you give them the inkling of any, they're going to take it because they don't, you can't, you'll take it back. They know that you'll take it back from them. So that was, but I was just like, as soon as all those doors just slide open, I'm just like, well, this is going to go horribly. And it does. Nobody steps forward except one, and that one is Tom Zarek, who
1: is played by Richard Hatch, who was Apollo in the original, and he looks great, by the way, I have to say. He does not look like he's aged much in the intervening years toward, toward, uh, between being Apollo and, and being the uh, opposite Apollo, yes,
0: it was. I, yeah, you, because you made a sound, and I was like, I don't know who this is. That
1: was just a really interesting piece of stunt casting.
0: His name is Richard Hatch, which he is unfortunately shares the name with the first survivor. Right, uh, but that's not who this is. <laughs>
1: no, he was a guy who did a lot of television. As a matter of fact, the first place I saw him was on the Streets of San Francisco. Oh, okay. He replaced uh, Michael Douglas, who was. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that show.
0: I am only broadly and vaguely aware of a show that I think had its entire run before my birth. Oh,
1: yeah, it did.
0: I believe it was on in the 70s, and I was not. And it's
1: very 70s looking.
0: (laughs) Yes. So uh, he steps out and says, you know, no, on behalf of all of us, no. And uh, he's immediately recognized he is a terrorist, a political terrorist... Uh, from Sagittarion and
1: A place with a very silly name.
0: All we hear is he's a, isn't that the terrorist mm-hmm. or whatever. We don't get the details right away. Um mm-hmm. Apollos tries to negotiate with him. Uh he actually respected Zarek for doing what he did for what he believed in. Uh-huh. Uh so he's trying to sort of negotiate with the mouthpiece of the prisoners, it seems, and uh, they are overtaken by a turned guard and a bunch of prisoners, and of course then they are put in cages. It's a very small team, and they're not very well... No, it's what, it's five of them, four of them? I felt
1: like this episode didn't lay out the prison ship so well.
0: It was difficult to see how it was laid out, but I think that was on purpose, because they try and do a... Uh, an ambush later and mm-hmm. it's a little bit clearer at that right. point. Uh, but also I think that they didn't want to just build a whole prison ship that they were going to use a cool one well, time. that's, that's <laughs> kind of what we'll be... <laughs> like, like, they don't just have a prison ship set laying around somewhere that they can use and they weren't going to probably make this a reoccurring thing. That's the thing with a show like this is you're seeing the same sets over yeah. and over and over again so whenever you see a new set it's like how much effort are we gonna put into this? We might only have 13 episodes, this might be it. Uh and this would require a lot of work. Yeah. So uh so then they're all in cages. Uh Billy's apologizing to Dual for Burger for, for getting her into this. And Callie is sort of propositioned by a man who seems like he thinks he's, like, second in charge, good friends Mm -hmm. with Zarek. I don't think he's that in charge, but, uh... Zarek has taken them prisoner. He He demands to speak with the entire fleet. Uh, and... What they end up doing is, do they let him? They let him do it. Uh-huh. They let him get his message out. And he
1: makes demands, right?
0: And his demands are an election. Basically, nobody voted for the woman who was president. She was the education secretary. Uh-huh. Nobody voted for this woman. She was appointed by the previous person that was, you know, elected and holds basically all of the power not cool not cool step down we need to have an election and adama and the president are on the same page with we can't let him do that we can't it, we're too unstable we to don't turn negotiate over power with terrorists. a we don't negotiate with terrorists but b the group humanity <laughs> like the entire group of humans is too unstable and we're in the middle of this water crisis still. Yeah. Like we're still we're still 2 days out Time from running out of water.
1: Time and place.
0: We it's not we cannot have an right. election today. Like that is not a thing that we can do.
1: Um
0: and they have a very good
1: reason too cuz I think if you start making everything too democratic in a situation like this nothing will ever get done.
0: Well, within this like today is uh-huh. not the day. Right. Like, Zarek, you might have a point, and really you do kind of have a point, but we're in the middle of a, cru- like, a water mm-hmm. crisis, and we need to deal with that before we, and we need to set, like, if we're going to have elections, we should set up a committee, like, you do right. the things that need to be done to make sure that an election can be carried out. It's not going to be a fucking everybody stand in a row and say a or nay, like, <laughs> like that's not going to do it. Um Uh, he he says just a flat out no, and the president says a flat out no. I mean they're a united front, um, and they send Starbuck with a bunch of Marines over to take out Zarek. Basically, they're gonna yeah. sniper him uh, is the plan. But and she's the best shot that they have. Like apparently the entire military is decimated, and mm-hmm. she's. Even though she's not a Marine, like all the sharpshooters or whatever are are gone. So she. Well, she also has a dog in the fight. She does, speak. yeah. Her buddy is over there. Her
1: dog is Apollo. Go get her. Some dog.
0: Meanwhile, we've got this prisoner, Mason, ugh, uh, who is the one who is sort of trying to get Callie's attention. Right. And Callie is like, uh, eat a whole pile of dicks? Like, I'm just not... We're not doing this. And won't like kowtow to him. He wants to be shown respect, and she's like, "You're being lewd and gross, and I'm not."
1: You're I'm, a rapist. Why am I showing you respect? Yeah. Well, I
0: don't rap- know that he knew. He, we don't even know why he. We don't know present, why he's in right. there, um, but then he takes her in order to rape her. Like it's pretty clear that that is the goal, um, and then we hear shouting, and she has bitten off a part of his ear because she is a badass, and. um... He shoots her and wounds her. And there's this whole. But he can't hear it because he's been busy. Situation where Zarek and Apollo both end up at the scene. So Apollo's Mm -hmm. like out with Zarek. He's not in a cage. The other ones were all in cages. What
1: would be negotiations? And the fact that Apollo uh, admits that he read uh, Zarek's book when they were. Zarek, the history that we're able to gather from Mm -hmm. this episode. Is that he was some sort of academic, yes, and he wound up writing some uh, his ideology down in a book that was popular on the campuses. Yes, and then later on did not uh, or had
0: people. There was a freedom fight. Right. He was a freedom fighter, and in an incident, eleven people were killed. My right. guess is some sort of bombing. Yeah, that's typically what a freedom fighter is going to do. Free it computer, is it's, in quotation marks. They're, they're blowing up a bank, or you know yeah. what I mean. It's a or a government office, or some 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 yeah. form of oppression on some group, and that's usually done with explosives.
1: Because that's the way to do it. As you it. can
0: take out infrastructure and data uh-huh. without necessarily taking out people.
1: And here, that was a, yeah. And people got people. taken out.
0: Yeah, um, and we don't know the details, so. Uh, Zarek refuses to intervene, uh, Mason and Callie are in, like, locked in a cell, and he won't stop it, like, he's like, you made him a monster by putting him in jail, and we put you, you so, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> mm, there's criminal justice reform reasons, mm-hmm. this is not uh, helpful to anybody's case. Like, it's just not.
1: uh... uh, um, Apollo also seems to be aware of the fact that that Zarek is really kind of suicidal. This is going to be a very public...
0: Well, we haven't gotten there quite yet. Uh Yeah, but that is becoming sort of clear. Like, as as this is spreading out, and Apollo does end up shooting Mason Uh and killing him, he... uh, Overpowers one of Zarek's men's and and takes that gun because he doesn't have. They took his weapons. I'm sure. So at the same time, Starbuck and the Marines are on the outside. They're cutting their way into the ship. That so was fun. Yeah. Just cut a circle in a metal in the side of a metal ship. Sure, that that won't hurt the compression or anything me, like me, that. Me. <laughs> I'm like, we're in space. That seems like a bad idea. They're heading in. She's got the laser pointer, right? And at this point, Apollo realizes, yeah, Zarek is looking to be a martyr. Yeah. He's, he doesn't care if he dies in this. he kind of hopes to, I think. I don't know if he's not, like, no illnesses no. disclosed or anything, no. But he's like, if, I'm, if I die, y'all are definitely going to lose the power that you have in the, with these people. Like, all I'm doing is asking for a free and fair election, and you killed me for it? Yeah, that's going to go real well with people, especially in a democratic society. That's not going to be good. Uh, And so Apollo says, you're right, we will have one. Uh, But we're not going to, not today, but we will have free and fair election. Uh, And he um, offers... Well, okay, so he starts with mine the water for us, and you guys can run the ship. You guys can have it. You're free mm-hmm. aboard the ship or whatever, and the ship is yours, and you'll be just like any other f- member of the fleet. Uh, and then we'll have an election within a year. And Zarek agrees and orders the men to stare down, stand down, but Starbuck still takes a shot, and Apollo knocks him out of the way. Probably much to Zarek's dismay.
1: And uh, and I'm sure Starbucks as well.
0: Well, maybe. I don't know that she wants to have too many lives on her yeah. conscience. Um, well, at the
1: same time though that she her reputation is built on getting the job done here, it just got Yeah. You know, spoiled for her.
0: Yeah. And uh so the, the, the conclusion of this particular storyline, this, pro- this is the A storyline, uh-huh. there are basically three storylines in this one, uh, is they're like shocked that he agreed, and Apollo's like, I live in a democracy, and we have laws, and the laws state that you would finish out the elections, and there was going to be another election in six months anyways. Right. So are you telling me that we just don't have laws anymore? Because I'm not signing up for that. I'm not getting on board with that plan. Which is a totally reasonable thing. Which is why Zarek was very smart. That was a smart thing to demand because denial of that is pretty huge. (laughs) Like it doesn't make a lot of sense. So that is oh and then the last piece with this storyline is that um, Roslyn admits to Apollo yeah. that she may not even be here in six months because of her diagnosis, so now, who knows she knows Billy knows Apollo knows. I feel like we gotta keep track of who knows who knows the president has cancer um so the I'd say maybe b. I guess there's like three. Well, there's some. Three more sort right, of minor things. Right. One of them is Baltar. Adama's done. <laughs> Adama is done with Baltar's bullshit, basically. And he starts to say, I can't do it uh, because oh. Adama is just like, I'm stop talking. Like, whatever this blathering is, which, thank God, because. If that was going to be his whole character the whole time, just saying big words until people left him alone, that's so aggravating. Yeah. But Adama's like, no, shut it. <laughs> like, yes or no? Are you making a silent detector? And he tries to say no, but that internal six, oh God, the internal, internal six, six. Uh, is like, I will fuck you up forever. Tell him that you need your, a nuclear warhead. Which he does, because and then he says, it's actually the plutonium I need. He goes on his little... He's a real aggravating character. I <laughs> because he's either whining uh-huh. or like the equivalently the equivalent of openly masturbating in front of other people. Well, I <laughs> it's like those are the two things that his character does. I don't does. understand
1: his motivation at this point. Like, what is he doing and...
0: survive. So, Survival. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, He doesn't want to go to prison or be, you know, killed for as a traitor because he's, you know, fully a traitor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so all he's trying to do is not be murdered as a traitor. I really think that that's basic, that, and, you know, he's being auto stimulated by this. Yeah, there's there's, (laughs) uh, so gross. Um, And then there's another little storyline between the executive officer and um, Uh Starbucks, where the XO is drinking, day drinking. Uh Like, there's a water shortage, but which is a
1: a feature of this episode too—that hospitality is offering someone a glass of water because it's not become that important.
0: Yeah. so both of them end up being sort of a little drunk on the job and um, she tries to reach out to him and, yeah, brings him a flask of water and he's like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, come on. That shit's scarce. It's scarcer than whiskey at this point, I think. Uh, and then... um. We uh, oh, and th- so Boomer and the chief are talking about the fact that Boomer's probably definitely a Cylon, but nobody knows about it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're not going we're not going to say it, and we're not going to believe it uh and they're they're hugging, and the exO catches them and is like, "Boomer, you need to knock it the fuck off now that was weird to me because earlier he had made disparaging remarks about civilians. Uh-huh. when the chief was there, making me think that the chief is a civilian. But then in this exchange, he's telling Boomer, you need to cut it off because you're his commanding officer. And I'm like, is he an officer? Or like, is he military or is he civilian? I don't know.
1: I can't. I don't know. The story (laughs) moves so quickly that you're not going to be able to catch all the details that they're putting at you.
0: Well, I mean, or those are conflicting things. Uh-huh. Or I don't know how the military works, right, and so I don't know who's what. And because his uniform is coveralls because he's, like, you know, the chief, um, like, mechanic. mechanic. And yeah. uh, he's... He's Geordie LaForge. He's, like, the chief engineer. Uh, I don't know if that puts him... He is military, but Callie isn't. Like, I just don't know... Yeah. Who's civilian and who's not civilian on on the Galactica specifically, and then finally on Caprica. Uh, it's real blown out; like the air is super blown out, the light is super blown out. I mm-hmm. I think that that's them telling you, "Hey, nuclear fallout's no right, joke." It's um, so Healer, Hilo and Boomer are there. Um, they see some uh, rats feasting on a corpse, and Boomer like. Gets grossed out by it, and then Hilo reassures her. The reason her. for that is
1: because it's really gross.
0: Well, except she's a robot.
1: <laughs> well, she's putting on a performance. I and know. Commented on that she's putting on a really good performance. Mm. Ooh, I'm a girl. Those yeah,
0: I know, and 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 it's to get his sympathy. Sympathy, which is, ugh. and we see then we're that that image is. So we pull out on that them and uh, number six and Doral or at least a copy of number six and a copy of Doral, Uh are watching them from a roof just talking about how sort of sad it is and what a waste this, because they had to decimate this planet, what a waste that is, which, yeah, truth. Uh, And, because she sort of looks at humanity as their parents, which, it's either their parents or God, right? Like, we made you, so how do you take that? Well no,
1: I think she takes them as her parents because her view of God is really original and strange and
0: yeah, that's true. theologically
1: well, challenging.
0: Is that the same I guess that is all the same one. Yeah. Uh, and then Doral tells her that parents must die in order for their children to come into their own, which is a real morbid way to look at parents and children. I certainly hope that's not the case. <laughs> and so that's this episode. The Oh, uh what ends up so the the agreement is that they they are going they basically get Apollo you know take Apollo's agreement, um, and they have the manpower to do the water mining uh-huh. ice mining that they're gonna do. So yay, there's water for Caprica and all of, or well, for uh, yeah. G- Galactica and all of her, the ships that nurse at her teat.
1: They solve the the water situation, which is good. I like how they stretch it over these two episodes. So it felt like a genuine crisis, not a crisis of the week. It's right. There's going to be an ongoing situation where there's not going to be enough, where there's not going to be enough resources. There's not going to be... A, and as much as you hate the idea that people are dying, at least it will save you that much longer. Which is a crazy way of thinking about it. You need enough numbers to defend you from the Cylons, but you don't need too much so that you are running out of resources, and it's not like you can very easily find them.
0: Right. Yeah, no, clearly. And sometimes... Oh, so there's also a point where Starbuck is, um, like, giving out commands to the, to the men, to the, the fighter, the pilots. And she makes a bunch of masturbation jokes. Right. And that kid <laughs> that Boomer had scooped up in the first episode mm. is standing right there. And I'm just like, I mean, that's a child? Now maybe. he's like 13 or 14, so it's probably fine, but it was, it seemed very weird to me. I was just like. Maybe it went over his head.
1: Mm. Or maybe it's just the right pitch of humor for a kid that young. Maybe. Like, it just, it felt really. You know, as much as. We're oh, and I was meant like, did
0: she just say that in front of this child? Yes, she did. As much yes, as did.
1: we don't. I mean, we're meant to like the Boomer character. Um, sometimes she's kind of obnoxious.
0: The boomer character, or the Starbucks character.
1: Excuse me, the Starbucks character. Starbucks, yeah. Not boomer.
0: Yeah, Starbucks. Th- this character has not fleshed out for me y- yeah. yet. I don't dislike her, but I can't quite figure her out. I don't think they've given her. We need a, a Starbucks uh, right. episode to just sort of.
1: Because so far, it seems like she doesn't. Um, even when the EXO is extending some sort of recognition of her abilities, she still is like really contemptuous of him.
0: Well, the fact that he's hammered is, although so is she, that's the thing. They're both day drunk, which is not a great place to be. But it creates
1: this sort of situation where you're not really sure why she's fighting everyone all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what is the chip on your shoulder? Other than the chip on everyone's shoulder being one of the last remaining people in humanity. Maybe she just still hasn't caught up on her sleep from the first episode. That might
1: be a. She just still needs a really good nap. Yes. And a blankie. She needs a blankie. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's a character that, yeah, I am interested in and intrigued by, but well, also don't really...
1: That should be maybe a feature of the show going forward. Which character needs a blankie? Who I needs would, a
0: blankie? I Zarek needed a blankie that, in this episode. Uh, uh, what's his name? Mason. No, no, no. Baltar always, Baltar needs, a always needs a blanket. Cover it's, your crotch. No one needs to see what's happening right now because it's probably inappropriate. It's
1: Yes, I, I felt uh, like I should wash my face every time he shows up on the screen.
0: Okay, you want to give this episode? I would give it a B. A grade,
1: a I B. I would give it a B. I wouldn't. I B. I don't think of it as highly as the other episodes. And part of it is the fact that at this point, I don't know what Baltar is doing. He's just annoying me. It's like, where are you going to take this character? Because so far, he's doing the same shtick now
0: yeah, for a while. Yeah, he hasn't had any kind of growth. It's the, just this, I'm oh, an I'm oh, an oh, Right. Ugh. Right. This situation that I'm just like, ew. The, I hate all of this.
1: <laughs> the hot robot in his head who's giving him hand jobs. When She's no one's great. Waiting.
0: Like, right. I'm really enjoying her, her. Yeah. And which
1: is strange because uh, over the weekend, I watched The Oculus again.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. And I'd
1: forgotten that she was. One of the actresses, or she was, uh, she played um, Karen Gillian's mom, who oh, is.
0: They, she'd been dead for a long time. Right. She'd, okay, because I'm like. Most,
1: and most of her story, and I also recognize the fact that this movie is a lot better than I remember it, that one.
0: I remember liking that movie more. I remember more... Liking it. it's better
1: now that I see it, that the film actually has a really neat kind of two parallel lines going on, what mm-hmm. happened to the parents and what happened to the kids. Right. And then what happens to them as adults. So, uh, anyhow, going back to it, she was really yes. good in that film. She was, so it's like, okay, it's good to see them, because sometimes you see an actor that you really like in a different role, and they're not so great. Yeah. Um, and you're going, oh, God, well, maybe this is the one performance they're meant to make, but you know, aside from the the slinky red dress, she can pull off on Yeah,
0: her I don't understand. Wh- I mean, I do understand why she has to be dressed like that every mm-hmm. time he sees her, but, like, it's yes. it's, t- it's a little call tiring. Fan service, I, believe. I just don't. Well no, but I mean she's dressed right. like that in his mind to manipulate him. Yeah. But I would think that after you've seen someone's breasts a certain number of times, you can keep your fucking wits about you when you see them again. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't have a penis, so I don't know if that's a, a factor.
1: I'm not sure that it is. I think this guy is just a creep. Because you saw how, despite the fact that she was his faithful partner, he's cheating on her all the time. So he's just kind of a...
0: Do we know that? I mean, can we really call a traitorous Cylon a faithful partner? He doesn't know that. But I mean, but what I'm... So we don't know if she was faithful either on her side of it. She doesn't seem to be, and this is one of the intriguing things about her character. There are a thousand... How many of them are there?
1: Right, that's true So, too.
0: I mean, yeah. I don't
1: know, it seems to me that the one that was assigned to him seemed to be really fixated on all the details about being human, sex and parenthood and God and all, like they were really eating well, up this experience. Yeah,
0: and once again, I'm still not sure how to read them as all, like every time I see one of them. Uh-huh. <sighs> Do they have all the experiences yes. uh, so okay, so like so when one dies it has the knowledge to the right whole group. right, but I mean, is it constantly uplo- uploading okay. so are you, to say the one that's assigned to him seems to have all these things that that's not accurate it's okay. just number six has so all of these attributes. I
1: like the idea of it constantly uploading so that it's like it has a, a the circle spinning over her head all the time
0: yes, always just Taking a rainbow circle yes
1: well, I don't know about the rainbow part but
0: Oh, oh yes you can see on that. a mac it's a rainbow uh, so you give it,
1: give it a b i give it i b i'll tell you why i give it a b it reminds me of in some ways well aside from the fact that baltar i have no idea what the hell he's doing now like are you gonna do anything at you what does bother me is not really their fault and this is old school doctor who from the 70s right yeah, this really ambitious idea, but you just don't have the resources to do it.
0: Oh, I don't agree. So okay, looks, I see what
1: that. It looks like okay. So here's a ship with fifteen hundred guys on it, and you you're see... gonna see thirty. Of them. <laughs> right, less than that probably. <laughs> 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 They're doing that trick where everyone runs in front of the camera. It's the same guys, fair guys, running in a circle yeah. around the cameras. So you know like what, though? You see an army of legs.
0: Get it. I'm and fine so, with it.
1: But yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, oh, a ship full of 1,500 guys. And it's not at any point, I'm, am I ever convinced that this is 1,500 guys? Yeah, no, it's true. This is the cleanest prison ship I've ever seen.
0: Well, um, like we said, once right. again, they are in transport uh-huh. for parole. It's not like they live on this ship. But you would think that after,
1: that it would look like uh, they're in cages still. Um, And maybe that was it. It also looked very set conscious, like this looks like a stage with bars in it.
0: It did. It did. I think that also and, was the darkness of it.
1: Yeah, it's like we're going to,
0: and, and so it just. So never, you have design issues. With not just episode, design, but also.
1: But it's that point when, and you see it in a lot of old movies, the ideas exceeded the grasp of what they were able to do. Nah, that's so rude. To me
0: it was like, I, th- I, I, <laughs> I, I also, I also give it a B.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I don't have a problem with, you know, not spending on a set you're not going to revisit. And I think they did a good job. They got the point across. At no point was I like, oh, this isn't a prison ship. I get it, it's a prison ship. But, um, uh, yeah, the Baltar thing needs to start resolving.
1: Yeah, it needs to go somewhere. So far, it's just like we're keeping him in abeyance with the same gag, and eventually something will happen.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, and I do, but I do like this sort of expanding, I feel like I'm going to take notes on this, the sort of, sort of expanding circle of cancer knowledge.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. There as, we it, go.
0: as it goes out. I think that that's interesting. Uh, so, and yay elections. Vote, everyone. Vote. It's important. Uh, and who do you think wins this episode?
1: <sighs> I think that Apollo once again shows himself to be a voice of reason.
0: This dude is an MVP, man.
1: Well, up until he isn't. I think that <laughs> here's the, my issue is that he is at some point, like his father warns him, going to wind up through his, his need to sort of be a mediator just making the wrong decision because he's trying to please both sides.
0: Maybe, although I don't know that he was... I don't think he was trying to please both sides. I think he can see both sides of an argument. I uh-huh. think he makes a decision on where he is with it. And I think it's typically... Uh, in the middle. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I, I also, it felt to me like you don't know which side you're on, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's on the side of humans and not the side of Cylons, and those are the that's the sides that we need to be looking at. Yeah, we don't need to be looking at human side versus human side. We need to be looking at human well, versus I mean, Cylon. His
1: father is reducing it to, um, are you? with the people who are controlling the chaos or with the people who want to give the um, the refugees, which is what they are, a great deal of more autonomy. It's like, well, you can't control them that way. We have to keep everyone safe and we can't if everyone's going to run off doing their own individual thinking. So I think that's what the conflict largely is.
0: Well, but and again, not, I'm not saying it the way that I would see the yeah, situation, the way that uh, he yes, sees the situation. Yes, that's the way he sees it. He sees it as the, you can only control a group of people in one particular right. way, which is not the yeah. case. And I think Apollo understands that it's not the case. Um, I think going to war college was a good thing. You know what I know about war college? Uh, Madam Secretary's husband in the show Madam Secretary worked at a war college.
1: I have no idea what a war
0: college is. Yeah. I, I, my understanding, we have one, uh-huh. um, and, a, and people from all over the world go there. Really? So it's, that's really interesting. I don't know, that's what I know. And by quote, no, unquote, I mean literally, I'm getting this information from the television show Madam Secretary, and so that might not be at all true. We recruited a spy from there in that show, so I don't know that it's true at all now that I'm thinking about it, and I'm sorry to everyone. <laughs> okay. Um, I also think that Apollo wins this episode because he's my MVP and he's my number one guy. Okay. All the time, all the all time. R- all right. <laughs> uh, and Callie? For Which biting that the, dude's the, ear off.
1: Well, that was good. Rape needs to stop being a plot point. Agreed. And I understand in this, sen- in this context, it makes more sense.
0: Yeah, when you yeah. put... Because apparently these are also all male prisoners. Right. Uh, when you, I was like, you're not going to bring women aboard this ship, right? right? And then they bring two, and I'm just yeah. like, well, guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there may be gay prisoners that...
1: Aren't interested?
0: Well, or not that aren't interested, but that would be a threat to male uh-huh. males that go aboard the ship. But to put women in a ship with a bunch of men who presumably have been in prison for an extended period of time because they're all up for parole uh-huh. seems not like a bright idea. No, it doesn't. And of course,
1: you know, everyone on this show is so ridiculously attractive that also seems to be a, you know... That's
0: because they're on television. That's how they get the job. It's know. one of the ways they get the job. So...
1: Which I say is a hypocrite because sometimes I'll go, why the act? They look so. You know, and then you're like, you oh,
0: literally oh. say, yes. Every time we're watching television, you're like, all these people are so gorgeous. And I'm like, yeah, they're on television. <laughs> 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 this isn't the, it's not real. I'm not watching a reality show. They got cast. There's a reason. Uh, so, do you have anything to recommend to this week?
1: Okay, I have something to recommend, but it's not for everybody. Okay. All right, so... Hey,
0: not everybody. Listen uh, up. Other um, people. Close your ears.
1: (laughs) I like spooky stuff. Spooky. So, I saw... And I will be recommending spooky stuff going forward. There's about two or three horror movies I'm going to see. The Prodigy is one.
0: I haven't even seen a trailer for Uh, that that yet.
1: Buzzsaw is another one I want to see. Oh, yeah. There's another couple that are coming out. But I caught up with a film... I'd actually put a trailer... On a, a Facebook group I was in for it and didn't realize the film itself was on Netflix. I'm like, oh, well, I can just see it now. It's a film from 2016 called The Monster. Just The Monster? The Monster. Okay. And So I've decided from now on I'm going to see films with Monster in the title. <laughs> uh, Monsters, Gareth Edwards, right? It's very good. It's a really good movie. Oh, it's got uh, Zoe
0: Kazan in it. I like her very much. Monster
1: with Charlize Theron was a good movie. Um, I plan to be spending my summer watching Godzilla, King of the Monsters. King of the Monster. So I'm just going to be looking for movies of the monster in the title because I haven't been disappointing yet. And this is a really... What an interesting image. ...weird film um, about a... Oh,
0: the Strangers director.
1: ...woman who is driving her daughter. A woman who has a really terrible relationship with her 10-year-old daughter. The woman who's played by Zoe Kazan, I guess. Yes, I like her very much. Uh, it's Zoe Kazan and Ella Ballantine. Um, Zoe Kazan is an alcoholic mom who's separated from uh, her daughter Lizzie's uh, dad and it's them making a drive so I believe he's going to drop her off with her her dad Um, this relationship is really troubled and there's really extreme scenes of the mom's alcoholism and degradation and how the daughter winds up becoming a parent to her
0: Oh, so this movie's not going to be for me.
1: Um, and I think
0: this movie might trigger the, me
1: in some ways. And uh, But those are flashbacks. The film is primarily about them lost on this lonely road. Okay. And they hit something with their car. It turns out to be what's left of a wolf, and then the body disappears. And, and
0: then it's the what happens. Then I would just leave it at that, probably. Yeah.
1: Um, and it becomes a real kind of like like the stranger's becomes a really kind of nail-biting suspense film about whether or not they're going to make it.
0: I I think The Strangers is a very good movie. I have not seen the sequel to it, but I uh, Intruder is into your home Uh films are very scary to me, and that one stood out to me because specifically I knew it was going to be sort of better than a lot of things in the genre when stuff starts going wrong and our main character, our female main character's first move is to plug mm. in her phone and put on some pants. Right. Well, <laughs> I was like, holla fucking Lulia. She takes the dress off, puts right. on shoes and pants. Because, hey, some shit's going down you and I might need to shoes. You
1: make intelligent decisions mm-hmm. in horror movies. People generally didn't when I was a kid. You would just see people do stupid things. Yeah. You're going like, why would they do that? But what I really want to draw attention to in this film is Zoe Kazan and Ella Valentine, who I didn't know uh went on to play she Anne was of in Green Anne of Williams. yeah she's she in the Anne Shirley which i haven't seen in the netflix version. um no, no, no thing. the pbs one i think. oh the pbs one yes and
0: the one with martin sheen
1: yeah so which i haven't seen but her performance in this movie is amazing and there were jokes about if academy if you would give an academy award to a low budget horror film this is the person who should get the award. Oh, interesting. Because she really, and both of them are very good, but the fact that she's 10 or 11 years old in this role and really hits every note with just being, because there's more going on than just the, uh, the relationship, I mean, the mom and the daughter being afraid of this monster in the dark. They're also fighting out their own personal issues and it plays so convincingly and so realistically that it's almost uncomfortable. Like you feel like a voyeur when you're watching these flashback scenes of the two of them together. So it was really surprising. It's I think that part of it is better than even the horror part of the film. Um, but it fits really in uh, with movies like Hereditary, and the recent version of The Haunting of the Hill. A uh, Haunting of Hill House. I was
0: going to say, of is this going to be like a Baba Duke situation?
1: Right. right. It is. Duke would be another example of this kind of. And oh. I was just
0: double checking she was not ten when they made this movie. Okay. she was well, I don't know when it was filmed
1: uh-huh.
0: The movie came out in twenty sixteen right. She was born in two thousand and one, right. so she would have been fourteen or so right. uh just i not that she's not doing still a good right. very good job for being as young as she is, but there is a big difference between ten and fourteen. so I was just curious, um because very young kids often. Don't, or we think that they're better than they are, uh-huh. or you know, um, like I, I think I rewatched. I I really like The Sixth Sense, uh-huh. and I do like Haley Joel Osment in there. But I think I was more impressed the first time I saw it.
1: I just saw it this weekend again too, oh, really? <laughs> which is really odd. Um, and I think that in my case, I was still very impressed. I wasn't just impressed by him this time. I think when I first saw this movie, I was uh, the The Sixth Sense. I was really impressed with it. This time, though... It got
0: me, man, and I, I don't uh, get got very often. It,
1: this time, though, I think I was equally impressed with... Not just... Because you expected a good performance from Bruce Willis. I didn't know who Tony Collette was when I first saw the Oh,
0: movie. okay. And well, so she's this was, phenomenal. And I didn't
1: know who Olivia Williams really was until now. When well, we were doing the movie That's reviews. his wife? Yeah. Okay. We were watching uh, Rushmore.
0: It's okay, like, oh, that's that's right. right. That is her. And then
1: she did really good work in Ghostwriter and she did good work in a bunch of other stuff.
0: So, when you let me just clarify uh, you mean Ghostwriter, right? The Ghostwriter, okay, writer, not go <laughs> not God, no. the Nicolas Cage no. Flaming Head movie, but the Ghostwriter, yes, <laughs> I have to do the The, the Pierce Brosnan the... slow burn thriller movie. Right. Oh, Ethan, not Ethan Hawke. No, 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 it's... Um, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor.
1: The man who played a middle-aged Jesus.
0: Uh, older than middle-aged.
1: Middle-aged Scottish. Well, Jesus. to
0: be fair, middle-aged Jesus would be 15. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, everyone. That was 16, mean. but still. <laughs> that was not that that was was good. <laughs> I apologize.
1: So what would you recommend?
0: Uh, so you know how this show's called The Late Commerce? <laughs> <laughs> and you know how I was snowed in right. for so long four your, days
1: and who Hotel room in the woods
0: and uh oh, food sorry, poisoned tomato. for part of that, uh, so unable to really do anything that involved motion of any sort. So I started watching a show that's been on for four seasons. Mm-hmm. I am two episodes into the fourth season at this point uh and that show is Outlander, and it's the best thing ever. I love it so much. So I am of Scottish descent, and Irish descent as well, but Scottish descent, so it gives me Scottish descent feels. It's so romantic, so much Gaelic, and I, um, coming up knew some Gaelic, Mm -hmm. have since forgotten some Gaelic, and now feel I have relearned some (laughs) Gaelic. Uh, and, uh, the people are so beautiful, and the scenes are so beautiful, and I feel like I'm learning about history, and I'm, this is gonna be the type of show that I'll get to the end of the fourth season, and then, if I need something to help me go to sleep, it'll be like, I'll add it to like the West Wing. I will rewatch this show. Um, not least of which just to listen to Sam Hewen speak in Gaelic because it sounds amazing. Uh, so, Outlander Man, watch that show. Oh, um, content warning, whole bunches of sex. Just a whole oh, lot Scottish. of sex. Uh, not both of them, only one of them. Okay. Uh, and she's Irish in real life. The, the woman that plays Claire is Irish in real life and also i mean every episode has tvma and then uh, just either either two yeah. things or like nine things ranging ranging from you know graphic violence rape uh, uh sexual strong sexual content all of them are have adult language and you know <laughs> so i mean it's um it's a show for grown ups so
1: let me ask you this question yes. on that subject. Okay. Do you think that the MPAA ratings, Ugh. right? Yeah. Do you think that's really obsolete now that you can watch on television and cable television, mind you, not free television yet, but on cable television, you can watch the same, essentially you know, what would be an R rated yes, film? This movie, every. this
0: show would be hard R uh-huh. for sure. Right. Uh, pretty much every episode. Um, now, granted, just if they say fuck more than twice, uh-huh. Or more than once. You're you're a rated R. The uh-huh. MPAA is outdated and outmoded because it puts so much weight on a nipple and no weight at all on a decapitation. Uh-huh. That's what's wrong with the MPAA. I mean we could talk at length about it. Uh-huh. Um Well on top of I that. I prefer
1: also the fact that certain movies are favorites and they will you can show a nipple in Shakespeare in Love, right? And that, get a PG-13 rating, even though in another film that would be an R
0: rating. May, well, no, I don't think just a single nipple. No, no but they are. <laughs> but not, they, yes, are about, yeah. no, they do. They definitely play favorites, but they have this list, and if you have four of these things, then uh-huh. you're automatically... Like, it just it doesn't make any sense. Right. I like the television rating system. Mature audiences makes more sense to me than a straight number, uh-huh. because not all 14-year-olds are mature.
1: Right,
0: And... Uh, not all 14-year-olds aren't, because there are 15, 16-year-olds that so I would be perfectly like, comfortable watching the uh, show, and there are other ones where I'm like,
1: no. PG-13 for boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the thing. So I, But I also like a list of why you're telling me that. and mm-hmm. a rated R movie, all I know is you probably said fuck more than once, and yeah. that will do it. I don't know walking, I like a a warning that there is going to be some, and especially because now they're adding things like rape is a line Uh item. It's not covered under sexual contact Uh content or adult adult content. It specifically says rape to let you know, hey, if this is a thing, this isn't for you. We're going to give you a heads up. Um, And people want to say, well, it's a spoiler. It's not, though. It's not. (laughs) <laughs> no i think it's a warning <laughs> never have i Nobody seen a thing to. and being like man they spoiled the rape right. for me like that's not yeah that makes no sense and you never know who it's going to be or what it's going to be so that's the other thing about this show is there are queer storylines mm-hmm. that are handled in a really interesting way uh and uh storylines with people of color that are handled in a very interesting way um that in scotland it's in seventeen hundreds. It's oh. also America in the seventeen hundreds.
1: Oh, I didn't know that was in America as well.
0: Yes, they okay. they end up. It's not just Scotland, but what? I, so what I'm but what I'm saying oh. is, they are It's like a very open minded and interesting view on certain things that seem true to the time,
1: uh-huh.
0: without being uh, expected or what you've seen before necessarily. Okay. So I really I'm. Oh, really liking the show. I'm probably gonna read the books. Uh if I can get myself up into a point where I can read a thing that's any length at all without losing my mind. I have some concentration issues that I need to overcome. So that's what I recommend. Oh, it's on stars. Alright. So we have it on Amazon Prime. But it's on the Stars channel. If you're looking for it and you haven't seen it, but you've probably seen it because everybody's it got... And it's also like an obscenely high, like, Rotten Tomatoes ratings Mm -hmm. and IMDb ratings. Like, it's a well-reviewed show. Uh Sorry, I can't. That's a thing that is a virus. I can't do anything about it. So I think that brings us to the end. Yeah, it does. So next week we're going to watch Season 1, Episode 4. It's called Active Contrition. That sounds like someone's going to be having a terrible day.
1: Right. It does. Or someone's Catholic.
0: Also that. Papist.
1: A a Catholic having a terrible day.
0: Uh, And so you should watch it with us. And we will be back next Thursday with you. And if you want to reach out to us, we're... uh, We can, we have an email. It's latecomerspod at gmail.com. We have a Twitter. It's at latecomerspod on Twitter. That's how Twitter works. (laughs) Ha ha, smart. I have a webpage at www.amityarmstrong.com. Lemuel has a book, Ceiling Night. It's on Amazon. Ceiling is not spelled like your roof. It's spelled S-E-E-L-I-N-G. I-N-G. I'm going to let you decide how Knight is spelled. You'll figure it out. Or you could just look up Lemuel. Right, because there's not that
1: many of us. There's me, and there's Gulliver, and there's a character in the yearling. And, the and in person. the Bible. In the Bible, and in the Book of Mormon also. So there's like five of us.
0: And I think that brings us to the end, and we thank you so much for listening. We love you very much. And we'll talk to you next time. Remember, better late Late than late than never.